Welcome to our Lunar New Year case. Ooh. You're the dragon, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, so for Lunar New Year this year, we are going to do a episode on the 2023 Monterey Park shooting. So just last yeah. year, just last Lunar New Year. And the date of Lunar New Year does change every year. Yeah. Um, Lunar New Year is based around, I, I believe it happens on the first new moon of the year. Yeah. So it, it's going to change no matter what year it yeah. is. So this year it is on February 10th. So that's why the episode's coming out on February 10th. Yeah. So a little bit of back history on it. Monterey Park is south of Los Angeles. I'm just going to say LA because clearly yeah. Los Angeles is a fucking struggle for me to say today. And the area is predominantly Asian descent residents. And every year for Lunar New Year which is sometimes referred to as Chinese New Year, but it's not just Chinese. It's yeah. all-encompassing. A lot of Asian culture. Yes. Now, every year they they hold a festival in the area. Usually it's over the course of two days. It'll be like the eve of, and then the overnight, and then it'll continue on the following day, mm-hmm. and then end on the evening of Lunar New Year's I Day. I think it'd be good to note that um, even though it's Lunar New Year, um, that's not when their calendar starts. Their calendar year is like the same as ours too. Yes, it's it's just it's the first day. They just celebrate the first it new moon twice. of the year. <laughs> yeah. So in 2023, on lunar lunar New Year's Eve, which was January 21st, uh, tens of thousands of people had gathered to just kind of do these celebrations mm-hmm. over the course of two days, and. In addition to the festival that was going on in Monterey Park, a Chinese-owned dance studio that was nearby called the Star Ballroom, the Star Ballroom Dance Studio, they were holding a countdown dance party from 8 p.m. until 12:30 a.m. Just like the overnight kind of thing. The like, yeah. uh, we're gonna celebrate the countdown kind of thing, and it was separate from the festival celebrations. But yeah. it was like people would kind of go back and forth in between and. It's in it. the same general area kind of thing. Yeah, it was it was only just a little ways away from it kind of thing. But it was, all things considered, an entirely separate celebration from this. So at 10.22 p.m. on the 21st of January, the mm-hmm. eve of Lunar New Year, reports of gunfire at the Star Ballroom were reported, with police responding from the Monterey Park PD within three minutes of the first 911 call. And unfortunately, the gunman had already fled from the scene. So, police showed up at the scene to just people running out of the building, just screaming in horror and panic and crying. Yeah. And, and with this being a predominantly Asian area, and the dance studios were more popular among the older people. So, a lot of the victims were between 50 and 80, mm. I believe. Um, because it was more it was just it was more of a their thing to do yeah. kind of thing like there were still some youth there but it was more popular among the older crowd for that 10 people died at the scene 10 more were later hospitalized for their injuries and a total of 42 rounds were fired into the crowd in the ballroom with an unnamed witness stating that the culprit initially sprayed into the crowd and then he just kind of walked around and just shot a couple more rounds into some of the people that were already down mm. yeah like really fucked up so the owner of the studio was immediately like i've got to save these people like this is my establishment kind of thing and right it, it was an older lady uh, she rushed the gunman and was killed 
she was trying to wrestle the wrestle the gun away from him and she was killed as a result and one of the dancers that was there was killed um shielding other people from gunfire and it was believed that some of the other people that were also killed were also killed in an attempt to shield others from the gunfire and as i said a lot of the people that died were older yeah so i can 100 percent see them going if this is what my life means to to save these children kind of thing because right there was a lot of people there i can totally see someone doing that and they probably very well did save people's mm-hmm. lives so the thing is is scott weiss i believe it's weiss w-i-e-s-e he was the like brand spanking new police chief like oh, he had no. just started working like two days before the oh, shooting happened no. so two days into the new job and like the worst possible thing that could happen fucking happened. happened and he made the executive decision to delay informing the public that the shooter was still at large until five hours after the shooting i get it i'm gonna side with them on the, with him on this one because he said outright it would have caused more panic he did not want to put out inaccurate information because at this point the only description that they had had was that it was an asian male with a black leather jacket a black and white beanie and glasses in a predominantly asian area yeah so so he didn't want the wrong people to get in trouble he didn't want to like you said incite panic right so at the same time you know i i feel like it should have been people should have been made aware that an incident had happened and that the safest like, thing hey, to do was we get have home. a very vague um description this is what it is but like it's very I vague we don't know i wouldn't at that point even release a description i would basically just urge people to return, Go return to their homes and mm-hmm. seek shelter at that yeah, point shelter in place basically exactly. so and the other thing that played a part in that is a lot of the witnesses that they did have were non-English speaking. I do find a little bit of fault with the police department in this regard because I feel like if you're if your police department is based in a predominantly Asian area, have someone that speaks. You need to have that bilingual thing going mm-hmm. on. Even if your first immediate responding officer doesn't have a right and partner I mean, that can speak that language, like have there, there should be someone accessible around the clock, kind yeah, of thing. for multiple languages. Because it's like even though it's a, you could have Mandarin, you can have mm-hmm. Japanese, you can mm-hmm. have you know, all of these other different languages because they all kind of coexist in these areas. Exactly, to where it's um even find someone in the crowd that speaks both and can help translate exactly um and which is very they could have they could have tried it's very possible that that they did try and do that but but they just they didn't want to how to word this they it's not that they i don't think they wanted to discredit the information the witnesses were giving to them I think they wanted to verify that they were properly understanding the information they were given. Because things can yeah. be lost and changed in translation and they wanted to be able to know beyond a without shadow a shadow of a doubt. doubt. Yeah. Which I do I commend them in that regard, but I really do feel like there should have been someone on the mm-hmm. team. You know, for a police chief that has only worked like two <coughs> days before this incident, I do believe that that was a very 
he handled it as best as he honestly could in that yes. situation because even a chief that had been there like let's say 20 years but he's never seen a mass shooting like he probably could have handled it a lot differently and it's just kind of like when you're in these situations you never know how you're going to react no one knows how they're going to react in like a high stress situation you can like teach yourself you can go through like hey here's the policies here's this but like once it you, happens yeah. Like it that you can goes plan out, it out every yeah. way you want, but you don't know what you're gonna do till the ad- yeah. adrenaline's pumping. So I mean, honestly, with the way that he handled things, I do give him credit where credit's due. Like it was a very well thought out mm. thing. I mean, like yes, obviously, like they could have told people to go home. They could have had the translator there. Um, but at that time they probably were also going to rely on the fact that there was how many people there and probably like how many people were able to get a good look at the person. Right. And then they also could go to the people who were in the hospital that survived. They could be like, Hey, like since you were within range, like you probably saw something and then they can get, it's not necessarily a guarantee that the people that were shot were in range though. Right. But they can go and they can talk to all of these people and then they can just take like, okay, so this person said that it was a black hoodie. This person said it was a leather jacket, but then this also person said it was a leather jacket. So then they can go through and be like, okay, this is the information out of the averages and everything like that. It looks like it was this, this, he had like this type of pair of glasses on. He Mm -hmm. had like the, like they would be able to find that information out and that takes time, sadly. Right. But at least the only good thing that comes out of these mass shootings is the fact that there is so many people there. And there's enough And witnesses. someone had to be recording. <sighs> like, I'm sure if they I went that route, so. they, they could have looked through social media and find videos. Cause they like, did manage to get uh, pictures of the culprit on like security cameras and stuff mm. like that from a couple different places that he did end up going. However, the shooting at the Star Ballroom was not the only incident that occurred as a result of this. Mm. So three miles away in Alhambra at roughly 10.40 p.m., a gunman entered the Lilai Ballroom and Studio. Now, Brandon Say, he was 26 at the time, and he was... He was there working, but he was also kind of like just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a family-owned business. That was his family that owned the business. So kind of working, kind of enjoying the festivities, kind of, you know, going <laughs> back and forth between the two probably. Right. So he confronted the gunman in the lobby, and he managed to wrestle the gun away from him. And a lot of people actually called him a hero for this. So he wrestled the gun away in an effort to protect the family business, and the gunman fled when Brandon chased him out of the building. It was at this point that they found out that he was driving a white cargo van. Uh, Brandon watched him jump into yeah. it, kind of speed off kind of thing. And it was later discovered that this was the same gunman from the Monterey Park shooting, matched by the Cobra M11-9 semi-automatic pistol with an extended mag that Brandon had wrestled away from him. Now, incidentally So he enough, was just going from dance studio to dance studio? It comes up, believe it or not. So, incidentally enough, though, about this particular pistol, which it's a variant of the Mac 11. Mm, okay. This pistol, along with that extended magazine, are both illegal in California. Yeah, California, real fun with our gun laws. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to have weapons yes. like that in California at all. 
Like, if it's not coming with, like, a fixed mag, basically, like, from factory, you can't have it. Right. <laughs> um, now, it was reported, though, that the gun used in this incident had been purchased in Monterey Park in 1999. It was just never registered. So if it was registered, it would have been grandfathered in. Yes, probably. Yeah. Now, between the gun left behind and the description of the van that the shooter had fled in, the police were able to identify the shooter as Who Can Tran. So about 12 hours after the incident started at 1020 the following morning, the shooter was still at large the entire time. Cops were out looking. They had the description of this van. And they found it. And as they were kind of rolling up to it, they were running the plates and everything. And they're like, huh, that's kind of weird. These plates are stolen. That's a little fishy. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> so, and it matched the description perfectly. Was Brandon able to give a good description of the person or was he wearing like... A- I don't necessarily know that Brandon gave a description of the person, but he was able to bring the information mm. forward about the van because he probably could just give a description of clothing i would imagine so i believe i i'm not positive but i believe at this point they had already seen a picture of him on the one of the security cameras possibly okay. so they were like well the, the plates are stolen on this van and this van matches the description so we're going to kind of approach and be like hey what's up yeah so they're walking up to the van and they hear a single gunshot from inside the van. Are you fucking kidding me? I wish I was. So they were like, oh shit, shots fired, go, go. And they run back to their car. They they call for a SWAT team ultimately. Yeah, and protocol. <laughs> technology, man. So with the use of a drone camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the safest fucking way. It really is the safest way. But can you imagine like sitting in a van and just mm. seeing <laughs> flying in front of you? Oh my God. So with the use of the drone camera, uh, they were able to see that the man in the driver's seat was slumped over the steering wheel. And they're like, well, I'm pretty sure he's dead. So we should be safe to move him with the SWAT team kind of thing. And they did find that he had killed himself with a Narinko 762 by 25 millimeter pistol. I never heard of that type of pistol before this. I would imagine it's probably that's a teddy. Qu- that's a teddy of, question. That is a teddy <laughs> question. But he's at work, so we can't call. Oh no, he actually just got off. So, so according to the sheriff's investigating the incident, Tran had actually previously lived only about five minutes away from the Star Ballroom, mm-hmm. and at one point he had frequented both the Star Ballroom and Lai Lai Studios. He occasionally even volunteered as a dance instructor there. But after clashing with some people at both studios, he stopped going. Mm-hmm. So Adam Hood, who rented a home from Tran, actually told reporters that he was often like super distrustful and suspicious of new people. And he often was saying that the people at the studios were talking about him behind his back. So it's pretty widely believed that that is why he went after those two studios, because he was like revenging a little bit, I guess. But reportedly, he had not been at either in at least five years prior to this shooting. He had actually, he had lived the five minutes away from the ballroom studios, but he sold his house and ended up moving into, like, a trailer park for older folks, I guess. He was living in a double-wide trailer, so, like, Mm. I feel like there was a pretty significant lifestyle change in that regard. Um, it... (laughs) 
one of Teddy's friends actually has one of these. It's a it's like a Russian model kind of. Okay, so the Narenko seven six two by twenty five Takarev is. Oh, it's it's Chinese. Is it Chinese? It is Chinese. Okay, I thought it was. I think so. The he one probably brought it with him. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, because uh, I think that was really big in the nineties uh, and eighties. So he hadn't been to either studio in at least five years before the shooting, and according to reports, it did appear that he was wasn't really targeting anyone specifically. He was just kind of shooting. Fuck these dance studios, essentially, right? Pretty much. <laughs> oh my god. So at 72 years old, Hukan Tran became the second oldest mass murderer in U.S. history. He was history. 72 doing this. 72 years old. The only, per- the only person older than him to have committed mass murder was 73. I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Either he was in like really, really good shape <laughs> to do this. Hukan uh, Tran? Mm-hmm. He was in reasonably decent shape, I'd say. I well, I was going to say, because uh, uh, who was the one that wrestled the gun from him? Brandon. Brandon wrestled the gun from him. I wonder if it, was, it wasn't it was too much of a fight. I mean, either way, trying to wrestle a I gun mean, from anyone is like, really you know, fucking dangerous. I mean, comparatively, you know, a 26-year-old to a 72-year-old, it probably wasn't too much of a no. struggle for Brandon. But, I don't I know. mean, one good kick to the back of the knee and he was down for the count. Probably. So, I mean... <laughs> Now, this is currently the deadliest mass shooting in the history of L.A. County, and it was the second of three mass shootings in California within a one-week period. So, California's crazy. Yeah, Um, and see here, you can edit this out if you want, but it just kind of shows that, like, a lot of the places with the most heavy gun control tend to be the ones with the most gun crimes. Yes, and, like... The best fucking example is Chicago, because Chicago, like, you you can't own, like, anything. So, and they have, I believe, the most um, gun violence crimes. Um, I believe so. And then you have Australia, and, like, they have it, like, really, really fucking hard to get anything other than, like, a hunting rifle, and you still have to, like, do a whole lot of stuff. But then they saw a rise. New Zealand's the same way. There was that stabbing. The, there was that shooting in the church in New Zealand, mm-hmm. like, a few years ago that it was in, like, a mosque or something, I think. Right. It's not the fucking and guns, they en- people. They ended up pretty much making guns right. like, almost impossible to get immediately mm-hmm. after that. I do plan on doing a case on that yeah. at some point. Guns aren't the fucking problem because if criminals want to do something with a gun, they're going to fucking find, a, find way. a way. They will fucking find a way. That's the thing about them being criminals is mm-hmm. they find a way to access illegal things. And the only thing that you are doing is taking away guns from like law-abiding citizens who can use them to defend themselves. I'm sorry. Like, that's just how I feel. <laughs> but it's like... But they're the bad guys. Why would they care if they hurt the good guys? Right. So... so it, it, but it, again, California is a little fucking crazy with it and like some of it's kind of laughable. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to finish out this episode by... Uh, mentioning all of the victims um this is either going to be really good or really bad because there are a lot of asian names and sometimes i'm good at that stuff and sometimes i'm not so we'll find out together so 10 people five five men and five women died at the scene they were valentino marcos alvaro age 68 hong ying jian age 62 yu lun kao age 72 lillian lee age 63 ming wei ma age 72 she was the owner of the Star Ballroom that tried mm-hmm. to rush him. Mai Mai Nan, age 65. Mui Dai Ung, age 67. Chia Ling Yao, age 76. 
Wen Tao Yu, age 64, and Xu Xuan Yu, age 57. The 11th victim that did die was Diana Man Ling Tom, age 70. She died at the USC Medical Center the day after the attack. They did actually end up canceling the second day of the event specifically mm. because of all of this happening. Uh, nine other people were injured in the shooting. Seven of them actually remained hospitalized as of a couple days after the incident. Mm-hmm. Some of them were in critical condition. However, I didn't find their names. Understandably so. I wouldn't really necessarily want to be outed in this particular situation. Right, right. So that was our Lunar New Year case. It's a little bit of a shorter case as a fair amount of the holiday cases will be just because they're bonus episodes and they're being thrown in here out of my own sheer will and grit. So we will see you guys. Bye. Bye.